0: Hey, my name is J.D. Larson, one of the pastors at North City Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. I hope this inspires and equips you to love God more deeply and to love your neighbor as yourself. At North City, our mission is to love our neighbors in the way of Jesus, and we hope this message emboldens you. To do just that in whatever space God has sent you to. Be sure to subscribe and keep in touch with the conversations North City is having. And if you want to find out more about our community, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or online at northcitychurchmpls.com. Enjoy the message.
1: So, we're, we're looking today at uh, that next section of Romans, and we'll be kind of zeroing in on Romans 5 uh, today. And I just want to name some of the tension that um, we feel in the midst of this time um, that I've heard from, from you guys, uh, from North City, and just some of the tension that even was existent before a crazy pandemic uh, hit our, our lives, our world. Um, but. COVID, what it does, it, it it pauses celebration. That's how it's felt in my life, where things like graduations, remembering somebody's life. I've heard a couple people having lost people, and they can't go and gather and remember their life in a concept of a funeral or a memorial. We can't gather for weddings, or maybe that looks really different from what we've imagined. I can't hold all these babies that are being born. I mean, yeah. I guess I get to hold my own babies. <laughs> you get to hold one. But... Yeah. But still, just this communal expression of what it means to be human, it, it feels stolen. Um, I know that there's a fear for the most vulnerable. There are people in our communities and people in our lives that we know are more at risk. And how do we deal with that fear that they may or may not get this virus? Um And on a communal level, there's things that, the suffering, the things that have already happened, that are already happening, like systemic racism that then gets flared up in a story like Ahmed Aubrey, that how do we respond when we can't gather together? How do we learn from someone who's different from us when we can't look them face to face? These are things that we mourn and that we suffer from. And there's probably many different things that, you know, plague us on, on even a smaller level basis, like just not being able to have a hug. <sighs> I mean, there's there's things like, it breaks my heart every time Rosie asks me, can I hug that person? Mm. And I have to say no. Um, so even though some of these issues we hope, right, are temporary, um, some of them are ongoing. And there's, there's suffering that has always been existent in our society, but it might feel like there's an added pressure because of this virus that's here. And so the the question that I want us to ask today as we approach the scripture is what do you do in the midst of suffering and what makes a Christian's response different from the rest of society? Is there a difference? So, what do we do in the midst of suffering? I don't expect you to completely answer that question. <laughs> Great. Yeah, there's but, two of us in right. here, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, but that as we hold that question together, yeah. and as we look at Scripture, how, what do we do in the midst of suffering? And what difference does a Christian's response make um, versus societies?
0: Cool. Can I borrow your Bible? Yes, you may. <laughs> we share a lot of things in this household. It's true. Yeah. <clears throat> I would just say if you're listening to this and there's something that you're grieving or some sort of suffering uh, that you've gone through in this, share that in the comments. We'd love to uh, just give you the chance to express that. Yeah. If you need prayer, uh, we'd love to just pause right now and, pr- and pray for you. So if you have something yeah. that you want to share, put it in the comments and we'll pray for you uh, as as we keep going here. But yeah, it's, it's, it's quite remarkable how God's been leading us through the New Testament and highlighting different things that have been... That were happening in the midst of when letters like Romans were being written, uh, and uh, things that resonate with our experience now. And in the midst of our study for these next few or these these few weeks here, there there is a passage that really jumped off the page for me. And maybe if you're reading through Romans, there's a passage that jumped off the page for you. Go ahead and share that in yeah. the comments as well. This is one passage that really jumped off the page for me in terms of what what we're talking about. And this is chapter 5, and so it's really, uh, Paul's really into it here with the Romans. And if you'll think back uh, to the last few sermons, you know sort of the context, Gentile, Jewish Christians fighting with each other, and then in a context where they're very persecuted Mm -hmm. as well, um, and experiencing uh, all kinds of suffering in the midst of that. And he says this into their circumstance. And North City, I'm wondering if we would just receive this. as a word uh, as well. He says, you can follow along with me, chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to read through verse 4. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we talked about that last week, this righteousness that Jesus has won for us, we uh, have peace. That's what that's like. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we gained access by faith into the grace of in which we now stand. We now stand in grace. And then he says this, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And then he says this peculiar thing, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings.
1: That's my first response.
0: (laughs) Glorying in your sufferings? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Isn't that yours? You and Paul cut from the same cloth. Yeah, that's
1: that's what I think. That's how Rosie responds. That's how Daniel (laughs) responds. Right. Anybody else they glorying <laughs> in their suffering?
0: Well, let's find out what Paul is talking about because that's a little uh, crazy talk. Let's see what he says here. He says, uh, not only that, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through, the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. This is just really a remarkable passage, and it begs the question what is Paul talking about, this glorying in our suffering? And of course, the, the Bible nerd in me got a little curious when I, when I uh, was studying this passage, and I was uh, doing some research, looking at some resources, and started digging into the word hope uh, in this context and the Hebrew words that Paul is echoing here when he's talking about Mm it. It's really interesting when you think about the hope in this passage because this hope is a different hope that we might see represented in the world around us. Mm -hmm. This hope has rich meaning in the Old Testament story of the people of God hoping in God uh, Mm -hmm. in the midst of their suffering. And the word hope itself, there's two primary words. Christianan is the Hebrew scholar. JD is the Greek scholar. We literally knew we were getting married in seminary and yeah. decided for her to take Hebrew where she had already taken it. And I'm like, well, I'll just I'm not, Greek I'm, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm just going to stick with the Greek. We'll focus on one, but, but check me if I'm wrong here. There's two Hebrew words, uh, for hope. The first one is yachal. Very nice. Yichal. Can you say that at home or wherever you're watching? Don't spit Yichal. on somebody. Yeah, just be careful with who's in front of you. <clears throat> the other one is kava. There you go. Wow, that was, I liked how that came off my yeah. tongue. Feel kava. free
1: to add some A
0: little more ufta in your Hebrew. Yeah,
1: I guess so.
0: For us Minnesotans. Okay, so what are both of those words? There's two different words the Old Testament uses for hope. But here's the interesting thing. Both of them are iterations of the word wait. Mm-hmm. So they, they have this, uh, this idea of what we do in the midst of our waiting, waiting for something to come. And that makes sense in, in hope. And I want to point out that Kavah specifically has this really interesting etymology. Mm-hmm. And it comes from the etymology of the word rope. Mm-hmm. So it's very similar to the Hebrew word rope. Uh, and to, to illustrate that, I happen to have a rope in my pocket. Isn't that it's amazing?
1: technically a curtain tie.
0: It's a curtain tie. But we can there.
1: call it a rope. We'll or a call cord. it a rope
0: <laughs> or a cord. So in Hebrew, uh, what they're trying to convey with this word kva or hope is that this is what happens in tension. If you can't see this, we're playing a little game of. Tug I'm of way war stronger right. than
1: him, I'm just saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's really strong. I have not been in the weight room a lot. Um, <laughs> so there's tension here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is talking about. What hope looks like and what hope looks like is holding on to something in the midst of something pulling you in another direction and hope is this tension between holding on to something that's not quite experienced yet and being pulled into the reality that's around you and what Paul is saying this suffering happens in the midst of this in between and what hope looks like is how we respond in the midst of this tension. And for the Israelite people, it was tension after tension, suffering after suffering, mm-hmm. and they had to look for something outside of their current circumstance to hold on to. And that's what it's talking about when it says hope in mm-hmm. the Old Testament.
1: Very nice. Very good. <laughs> Thanks. I think when I first heard that hope was so related to waiting, that wasn't what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the, the visual nature of the Hebrew language because uh, that rope or that cord, it just begs this question of what are you holding on to? Mm-hmm. What are you holding on to in the midst of suffering in the midst of your circumstance? Um, are you hopeful and waiting for simply your situation to change? Are we just waiting around for the virus reality to go away? Um, or, you know, because that's, that's putting that hope in that change versus something else? What, what, what else. What else would you put your hope in? A person. The Hebrew people were constantly called back by prophet after prophet, by situation after situation to put their hope in Yahweh. In who God was and that is regardless of their circumstance so Christian hope is holding on to a person Mm -hmm. not the sense that my situation is gonna change because we can be optimistic right so there's a difference here that I want to painfully draw out that optimism and and I've been called an optimistic person Kara Hurst you're always calling me optimistic (laughs) like I love the I,
0: specific call-out in the <laughs> sermon. That's great.
1: <laughs> and and I, would, I would say, yeah, generally I'm a glass-half-full type of person. But optimism, and I would say that the response and hope that our culture tries to have is simply this hope that our situation is going to change. And, you know, people have used this for political slogans, things like that, because it's this, hey, things can be different. Mm-hmm. Things can be different. okay. But I've also heard of this conversation around, well, positive thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, think differently about that and then you'll feel better. <laughs> but if our hope isn't based in reality, in truth, and something beyond that, a person who is bigger than our situation, yeah. what's the difference? Um, it, we constantly are asking this question, what are we holding on onto? Um, Optimism is choosing to see the best in any situation, no matter you know how the circumstances would work out. It might not be based in reality either. Now positive thinking is just trying to convince yourself of things yeah. in a positive light. <laughs> I can do this, but if it's not based in reality, then eventually we don't believe it and we think it's pointless to think positively about things. So a, a difference would be positive self-talk um, this is something um, in a book. JD, will you actually grab that that book right there? The Taking charge of your emotions.
0: Unexpected props.
1: Yep. Nice having a bookshelf nearby. <laughs> um, this was a great. Uh, I w- did a webinar with that was put on through our denomination, uh, the Evangelical Covenant Church, and this woman talked about the difference being uh, choosing to think positively is different than positive self-talk because it's not based in reality. Positive self-talk is spirit-led is what she ended up talking about. And what I love is that what we're, what we're going to be leading towards is how hope is led by a person, mm-hmm. is led by the Holy Spirit. And so how do we choose hope? How do we hold on to someone rather than something? And choosing to trust in God and his character versus our circumstances changing or seeing the best in something, even if that might not be true. So how do we persevere in the midst of this suffering? How do we hold on to Jesus? Enlighten us, J.D. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, I was just going to point out, this is why Paul ends that passage by talking about the good news that the Holy Spirit has been poured out in our lives, that a Holy Spirit is present with us, and I think about that positive self-talk and how the Holy Spirit can influence it. We are not alone in our suffering. When we turn to God, when we look to Him, the whole middle of Romans, there's a lot of stuff going on there, but one of the biggest things Paul is trying to communicate to us through, uh, from chapter 5 on all the way to the end of the book is that how we live this life how we go on from justification, how we go on from the salvation that we found in Jesus, how we persevere through suffering is the Holy Spirit. And uh, I want to just highlight a passage in chapter 8, which is really about how the Holy Spirit is at work in us. It's got all this beautiful imagery about new creation and us being new humanity because of what Jesus has done, being made new and how the Holy Spirit has accomplished that. That's where you'll find verses about the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead Mm -hmm. is present with you in the midst of your suffering. And then it says this, which I think is so beautiful when we're talking about uh, the suffering we experience in our lives. It says in verse 26 of chapter eight, it says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. you've ever experienced that you're in the midst of all this your circumstances is cloudy you don't know what to pray for anybody had a moment like that this past week where you're like god i don't even know what to say to you right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. that's what it's talking about we don't know what to say but the holy spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. Mm -hmm. There's this beautiful reality in that, that God himself occupies our very being and comes alongside us in the midst of our suffering to help us to hold on to our relationship with Jesus and puts words to things that we can't even put words to in our deepest being. And he who has searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for us for God's people in accordance with his will. And then it goes on to say, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. And that's the hope that we're holding on to. Our hope isn't just ethereal like you're saying. Mm -hmm. Our hope is in an abiding relationship with the Holy Spirit, looking to the Holy Spirit because we trust that in all things, Mm -hmm. God is working for our good and working for good. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a really great distinction. God is working for good of those who love him um and those who've been called to his purpose and it's not just he's working for your good only you (laughs) this is a communal experience and god is a a restoring god and when i think about the suffering that this world is experiencing right now he's working for the good in for the not only for the church but for this world that he hasn't forgotten about Mm -hmm. that's just a clarification i think that sometimes that the the tail end of those verses get used for, well he just knows what I need the most yeah part, uh, you know
0: if I may part of what he's saying there is that by being in relationship with Jesus you're invited into this mission that God has yes. to restore the world and He's working with those who mm-hmm. love Him to be a beacon of hope in the midst of suffering Amen. and that's what it parts that's what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God that's what it means to rely on the Holy Spirit that's what it means to be people of hope in the midst of Of these sort of
1: times. Yeah, and I was thinking, we were talking about this right before uh, we started filming, is just that there there is so much suffering in regards to COVID-19, but there is just so much suffering on our block. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what does it look like to be people of hope, you know, that are holding on to Christ, not just situations changing. We had someone who was broken into last night, Mm -hmm. our next-door neighbor. We have two doors down, someone who's suffering with a terminal illness. And how, I just think, how do we hold on to hope? What does it practically look like yeah. uh, as Christians, as we seek to um, not only exist in this strange reality and to bring hope in our this strange reality, but to do that on an everyday basis. Yeah. Um, a couple things. We, we need to have the eyes to see and to pray to, to God to say, how can I see you in the midst of this suffering? <laughs> um, And a clarification here, too, is we we really hold on to the truth that we don't believe that God causes suffering. We do not believe that God causes suffering, but God can work within it for his good, for our good. And that's a really distinct theological point that we wanted to make, Um, because he sent himself, Jesus and his son, to understand us, our suffering. I mean, he went to the cross himself to say, okay, you're not just going to suffer, but I'm suffering on your behalf. And I want you to know, I understand. I understand what you're going through. Um, the, the Holy spirit that we'll continue to lean into, um, throughout Romans is promised to us to be with us in our suffering. And that there's this hope that we can pray in the Lord's prayer that, God, your kingdom come to this earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the truth that God will end all suffering. That the reality is is that God's kingdom coming to earth is an end to the tears, is when unity exists, when racism dies, when fill in the blank, when, as in children's books, it says when the sad things come untrue because of the person of Jesus. So look for God in your suffering. Look for the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit and have a a holding on to the hope that he will end all suffering too. Look back on God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. So something that um, I tend to do when I'm just honestly doubtful and pessimistic and wondering where is God in the midst of fill in the blank. Um, There's usually four or five different events in my life that I distinctly remember and think of the way that God showed up when I thought it was impossible. And I just want to give you a chance to think about what what those moments are in your life. And they're obviously distinct to you, but they're things that have called me back to a faith mm-hmm. and to a hope and holding on to that rope of a person, the hope of Jesus, that he showed up. He showed up for me. He showed up for others. Um, and often in the midst of suffering. Um, so to look back on his faithfulness, to look around currently for what God is doing. Um, last week in uh, Krista's story, she. Talked highlighted how she's been keeping track of what God's been doing in her COVID journal. Yeah. I don't know if other people have COVID journals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in this place of maybe I just want to forget this time. No, I'm just yeah. I'm just kidding. A great but practice. it yeah. is a great practice just to notice God's story in the midst of of your everyday right mm. now, um, and to look forward to what God will do. And this waiting, um, this waiting that we're in. It is a, a practice ground for what, what God is doing and can do uh, in regards to restoration. Um, I, I once heard it said that longing is what hope feels like on a hard day. We, we need to be good at longing. Longing for the person of Jesus in the midst of our suffering. That we don't, yes, of course we're human. We long for our situations to change. But what does it look like for us to long for the person of Christ, to know him, to know that God will have a different end to the story than maybe what culture tells us. Um, A quick story that I want to share is we, when we were discerning this whole church plant thing and it was in the midst of us starting a family and we uh, were living in Northeast Minneapolis in a duplex and knew that we wanted to be in a different home. Uh, At one point and uh, there was a opportunity presented to us that we could build a house in Northeast and um, Financially, it looked like a good situation Um, We were excited about it. I mean who doesn't get excited about building a cool house? Like Mm -hmm. there was just a lot of excitement around it. We pursued it. We found a builder Um, and It was a very long year Because what we were, what ended up happening was um, we were somewhat deceived in the process. And we kept holding on to that this would happen.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because conventional wisdom said that it was a really good decision.
0: A lot of optimism (laughs) that went pretty much nowhere. (laughs) Right.
1: Optimism and a road to nowhere. Um, And then what ended up happening was it became pretty financially... Unfeasible for yeah. us. It just um,
0: failed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it failed. And mm-hmm. um, it was a moment in our marriage. It was a moment in our lives um, that we really thought we had heard what God was saying to us, too. Mm-hmm. It, it caused a lot of doubt and question. It cost us time. It cost us lots of money. Um, but we, what was so unique was within the same week of us giving back this plot of land that we were going to build on, selling it back to the city, we found this home. Mm -hmm. And we are preaching from it now. (laughs) I guess, I don't know if it was planned, but just unique how then what seemed to unfold was the story of our family, was the story of North City Church. It was a story of getting to know these neighbors and a calling we had felt to this neighborhood that we didn't know how to actualize. And what we noticed was when we were able to hold on to Christ and and focus less on our disappointment, we were able to ask different questions. And those questions led us to this church starting. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't want to downplay the disappointment that we felt, but... It's one of these moments we can look back on God's faithfulness and wonder what what was happening. What, what were you doing, God? And it felt like a sense of suffering. I mean, yes, first world problems for sure. like, yeah. But it felt like a sense of suffering that God saw us through and that God promised to be with us in. And now we're experiencing this fruit of, of what that decision looked like.
0: Yeah. That's one of those stories of our lives that I think about that's so clear how looking back to God's faithfulness saved us in so many tense, (laughs) hard conversations. (laughs) How looking for what God was doing lifted our eyes up from the disappointment of the current situation and looking forward gave us the energy to say "There's, there's something God has for us in the midst of this. And when I think of that peculiar phrase of what Paul was saying when he's saying glory in suffering, Or other translations say rejoice in suffering. Mm -hmm. suffering. And I love that word, like reintegrate joy in the midst of your suffering. And the only way you can do that. I've
1: never thought of that. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Reintegrate joy. I like that. (laughs) Good. Write
0: that down. Uh, Yeah, you can can think about the joy, look back, Mm -hmm. look in the present, and look forward. Mm -hmm. The other thing about that passage is there's no you in that those are all we statements that Paul is making and you might be listening to this be like man I can't even think about this because of the pain of the suffering I'm experiencing now or because of what it's bringing back from past suffering Mm -hmm. you're not alone because the Holy Spirit's with you you're not alone because we're with you Mm -hmm. and suffering and and experiencing joy in the midst of it is something that we tune together and I want to just close by saying that this hasn't been easy Mm -hmm. right Uh, COVID-19 All the other things that come along with that, uh, all the other stories that I've heard in your lives of things that are tense right now. Man, the rope is tight in different areas of your Mm -hmm. life. And what Christian Ann and I want to say to you this morning is we are hoping with you. What North City wants to say to you this morning is we are hoping with you. And we are looking for joy. We're looking for God's presence in the midst of this suffering. And here's what's going to happen when we do that we'll get better at noticing what the Holy Spirit does yeah. and that will bring perseverance for this church
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that will bring us character because our character is going to be formed around our relationship with God mm-hmm. and how well we can see him in the midst of our circumstances and that will bring about glory for God that will bring about joy in our hearts that will bring about a uh, the good news in people's lives. Yeah. One of the opportunities we have when we're experiencing joy and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is we can enter into other people's suffering and be an anchor for them. We can hope in God for them and mm-hmm. we can display, we can we can see God do amazing things, God do crazy things like raise Jesus from the grave. That was crazy and mm-hmm. unexpected. Part of what it means to glory in suffering is to expect God to do the unexpected when we don't know what the future will look like. In North City, we need to hold on to that in the next few months when we'll be trying new things, when we'll be experimenting with gathering in new ways, when we're experimenting and loving our neighbors in this crazy time where we can't be together in the same ways. Mm -hmm. We We can't keep our eyes on the disappointment of right now. We have to look to the leadership of the Holy Spirit because I think God wants to make us into a new church, right. a different church with more perseverance, a different church with more character. Mm-hmm. And so I guess uh, to close, Christian would you just pray that over us? Yeah. Would you just pray that over our community and people uh, and, and our own experience?
1: Yeah. yeah. I just invite you to open your hands and um, what this can look like in our lives. Yeah. Um, God, we we invite your leadership. Yeah, We need your leadership. We need your perspective. We don't want to be blindly optimistic, just hoping that our situations change. Um, we don't want to be holding on to um, a non-reality. Mm-hmm. God, we want our hope to be based in a person. That's right. And Holy Spirit, we need your help in that because... We're human, we're we're blinded by what's right in front of us. But God, you do something amazing, you do something miraculous where you take dead things and you bring them back to life. And that's the God that we believe in today. And that's the the hope that we cling to. And um, Lord, in the midst of this tension, I do pray that you would create in us your character, your goodness, your love that is instilled in us as not only individuals and as households, but as North City Church. Mm-hmm. So that other people will wonder, will endlessly wonder yeah. what it looks like to have that hope found in you, Lord. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Christian Ann of North City Church. Thanks so much for listening to this message today. We hope you feel more empowered to love your neighbors in the way of Jesus. If you have thoughts or questions, we would love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message on our website, northcitychurchmpls.com backslash sermons. Learn more about the North City community there as well. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. A special thanks goes out to Ben Noble for the music on this podcast. If you haven't heard Ben Noble's music yet, check it out at bennoblemusic.com. Let me send you into your day with this blessing. May God give you the eyes to see and the ears to hear all that God is doing in the world around you. And may he give you the courage to respond. Amen.